Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, November 17th. This is your FT News Briefing. Even with encouraging vaccine news, Joe Biden has a grim message if Donald Trump refuses to allow for a smooth White House transition. More people may die if we don't coordinate. Airbnb tries to get investors on board with its hotly anticipated IPO, and banks seem ready to pop the champagne on their response to coronavirus. But one regulator wants them to pump the brakes. Plus, Saudi Aramco is going back to the bond market, but the circumstances are much different since it floated shares in 2019. We'll explain why. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Monday started off with more vaccine hopes. Moderna announced its COVID-19 vaccine was nearly 95% effective in preventing the disease for patients in a late-stage trial. It's just a week after Pfizer and BioNTech reported similar results with their vaccine. Global markets were riding high on the Moderna news on Monday. U.S. stock indexes set records. But even with a vaccine, things in the short term are not looking good when it comes to the virus. States and cities across America implemented new restrictions yesterday, and the U.S. added more than one million new cases in a single week. All the while, President Donald Trump has refused to concede defeat in the presidential election and won't help with Joe Biden's transition into the White House. And the president-elect says this is going to create a real problem when it becomes his turn to deal with a pandemic. If we have to wait until January 20th to start that planning, it puts us behind over a month, month and a half. And so it's important that it be done, that there be coordination now, now or as rapidly as we can get that done. That was Biden at his Wilmington, Delaware home base yesterday. His comments came after a briefing with business leaders from General Motors, Target and Microsoft and U.S. union chiefs. He's asking corporate America and organized labor to back his economic agenda. That includes large scale spending that would be partly funded by higher taxes. By the way, if you want to see exactly where and how Trump is challenging the results of the 2020 U.S. election, we have a great lawsuit tracker on FT.com. I'll link to it in the show notes. We got a peek under the hood of Airbnb's business yesterday. The accommodation booking service published the perspective for its long-awaited stock listing. Here to talk about the run-up to Airbnb's IPO is Dave Lee, our San Francisco correspondent. He covers Airbnb. Dave, what did we learn about the company yesterday? Well, we learned that the pandemic has, of course, been extremely damaging to Airbnb's business, as it has indeed been to the whole travel industry. Uh, Ultimately, looking at all the disclosures they've made as part of this S1, the underlying message really, Mark, is that COVID is going to make or break this company over the next year, possibly more than that. And right now, they they just can't give an accurate projection on what kind of impact that's going to be, uh, particularly as parts of the, the world go back into lockdown. So, highly affected by the pandemic. They were able to weather the storm, turn things positive in the third quarter of this year, but it's certainly not the end of the picture for for Airbnb in in tackling this pandemic. So what, what, if any, uh, good news is there for Airbnb? As you mentioned, uh, the whole world basically is is going back into lockdown. So at at this point, what kind of optimism can Airbnbs instill into investors who may want to invest in the company as it goes public? Well, I think Airbnb's message to them when it does their roadshow ahead of the IPO is they're going to say, look, you know, the pandemic affects 
uh, urban areas extremely severely, which has been one of their problems. But Airbnb's business has uh, has adapted to that. So, for example, they're talking up the impact of short distance travel rather than international travel. So people in the US, for example, are staying at Airbnbs in the US rather than flying abroad to, to stay somewhere else. So, you know, they're saying that the change of the business is accommodating some of that. And they're also saying they see positive signs with things like long-term stays, i.e. Uh, times when people book an Airbnb for, you know, 20 or so nights or more. But of course, you know, they're just at the, completely at the mercy of local authorities, governments that say you have to stop taking bookings or you have to implement certain measures to handle bookings. So I think even if investors are convinced by this argument, argument that Airbnb has adapted to the pandemic, I do think they'll be worried that ultimately a lot of this is going to be out of their hands. Dave Lee is our San Francisco correspondent. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Mark. Carolyn Rogers has a message for banks. Hold off on the coronavirus recovery victory lap for now. Rogers is the secretary general of the Basel Committee of Regulators. She told the FT that banks might be jumping the gun if they're returning to things like dividends and share buybacks. Rogers has been in her post since last August, and she does think that banks have really strong capital buffers and that they demonstrate how effective post-crisis reforms have been. But even with all that in mind, she says there's more work to do, so banks should hold back on any discretionary distribution of capital. Financial executives are clamoring to restart share buyback programs and distributing dividends. They're two quick fixes to poor share prices hit by, one, the pandemic, and two, ultra-low interest rates. But the future of these kinds of things are a mixed bag. Switzerland and Sweden have already signaled that payouts could restart in 2021, but the Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, and the Bank of England are holding back on decisions. And speaking of payouts, Saudi Arabia's state oil company Saudi Aramco is turning to the international bond market to help maintain their $75 billion dividend target. Or I guess I should say Saudi Aramco is returning to the bond market. Its debut bond sale in April 2019 attracted $60 billion. It was in the run-up to what would become the world's biggest initial public offering. Coronavirus has weighed on the state oil group's profits, and there's a lot of curiosity over these bonds that have a maturity of between 3 and 50 years. Angelie Raval, our senior energy correspondent, is with me now to talk about the oil group's fundraising efforts. Angelie, why is Saudi Aramco issuing bonds now? Saudi Aramco is facing a cash crunch, and it's the biggest revenue earner for the kingdom. It has come under a lot of pressure this year because Oil demand has completely collapsed uh, because of the pandemic and measures to curb the spread of the virus. So from big lockdowns of cities and entire countries to travel bans. And obviously, this has completely cut consumption of fuel. Now, Saudi Aramco is still faring better than other international oil companies. You know, it hasn't reported a loss. But the company is the country's biggest revenue earner. And so it's reported huge drop in earnings. And its most recent quarter, it saw a 45% drop in its profits. So you've seen this big collapse in oil demand and prices and in, in its earnings. But yet the company has still committed to paying $75 billion as a dividend payout to shareholders. Yeah. And you know what, given, given the circumstances with a depressed oil market, 
Why is Saudi Aramco not shelving dividend payments? We've seen other companies stop dividends. Why not Saudi Aramco? So the bulk, almost all of these payments would go to the Saudi government. And the company is due to pay these dividends out to the government, which obviously needs all this money to fund everything from, you know, hospitals and the education sector and you name it. So it does need the money to run the country. So it's not quite like a traditional listed company. Its shareholders primarily the government. And that is why the kingdom is pretty reliant on these payouts from the state oil company. Now, I want to look at the health of the oil group. The ratings agency Fitch lowered the outlook on Saudi Aramco last week from positive to negative, obviously not good. Uh, Why did Fitch do that? So one thing to keep in mind is because it is a state-controlled oil company, Fitch has noted that its fortunes are entirely linked to the health of the state and the state's finances. And given that there is this ballooning deficit facing the government, um, it's all intertwined. A second point to make is that Aramco, which had so much cash on its balance sheet last year and had a net cash position, this year has gone to seeing its debt rising so rapidly. And this is partly due to a decision earlier on this year to take a majority stake in Saudi chemicals group SABIC. And this stake was bought from the Saudi Public Investment Fund. This transfer, this asset from one pocket of the government to another has basically put a massive financial burden on Aramco. And so despite its finances last year, that when it was meant to be, this is, you know, with the IPO, this was meant to be like the best year yet for Aramco. This year has been unbelievably brutal on every front. Anjali Raval is our senior energy correspondent. Thank you, Anjali. Thank you. Before we go, there's going to be a new member of the S&P 500 by the end of the year, Tesla. The electric car maker will join the index on December 21st. It comes nearly three months after the company qualified to join. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.